0: (laughs) we're gonna get you a gift certificate to the catapult break room you can get anything you want out of the fridge all right
1: wow awesome thanks guys
0: sounds like an award to me Well, hey, welcome back to the Cloud Whisperers. Uh, I'm David. And I'm Brian. And and remember, we are on iTunes. Go out to iTunes and and subscribe and listen to us, the Cloud Whisperers. You can find us on iTunes, and that means any podcast engine that, that does the iTunes search can go out and, and put us inside of there. Uh, please sign up. Uh, please rate us. Please review us. Let us know what you, what you like, what you don't like. Um, if you don't like it, send it to us directly. If you do like it, put it online. So that we can more people can find out about the Cloud Whisperer goodness. So, so I listened
2: listen to it in the truck, you know, just just to make sure that everything's working. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to listen to myself I, too I, long. But I, was,
0: I was I was at a client last week, and I I hooked up uh, my my uh, my um, iPhone, and I just my, while I was working doing some other stuff, I just had it on in the background listening to it. And, yeah. uh, I have to admit, the outtake at the beginning of last episode just made me laugh again every time I hear it. Makes it me laugh. So so Brian, what have you been up to?
2: So I've been working with MemWall, so Microsoft Identity Manager. There's a workflow activity library for that. And in essence, what we're able to do with that is a codeless, uh, you know, basically codeless provisioning uh, with Microsoft Identity Manager. So rather than going in and opening up Visual Studio and writing all kinds of code in C Sharp and, you know, I mean, us infrastructure guys having to open up Visual Studio is uh, kind of scary as it is. <laughs> I don't, we don't want, we don't want the, the developer types like you to, to look at any of our code. But if you think about it from a customer perspective, it's nice because now you give them away via a GUI interface, like a Microsoft Flow or something like that. It's very similar to that kind of feel. Or a SharePoint designer, um, it's got that kind of feel to it, but uh, you basically can do that within the configuration. You don't have to open up and do any code, and it's got a lot of power to it. So it sits on top of the codeless provisioning that was already a part of the portal of Forefront Identity Manager in, back in 2010. Well, now we have Microsoft Identity Manager 2016 with this library that we can throw on top of it, and it's called Wall. And, and Look, the wall
0: is work, Workflow App Library? Is that yeah. what I heard, heard Workflow right? Activity Library. Activity Library. Oh. This is okay.
2: something that uh, my colleague, uh, or our colleague, Brian Ray, turned me on to, and we're getting ready to do a project for a customer, and you know the customer is really concerned about leaving something behind that's complex that they can't update. And They have to hire somebody like uh, myself or Brian to come in to update code. And the code could be anything from normalizing a phone number to where it works in Skype. It could be something like that. Um, or it could be an approval workflow to say, if the HR system says that I'm the, the source of authority and before I actually provision something in Active Directory, I need to send an approval to this person. Uh, so you have that capability there. And then now with Tacking on Office 365 and all the other things we're doing for the onboarding and offboarding scenarios, it gives us more flexibility there too to fire up PowerShell and other things like that. We do have that stuff in Azure, and that's part of our launch program uh, that
0: we have here at Catapult.
2: Uh, right. But this MIM Wow library
0: uh, allows you to to do things close to that. Well, that's cool. That that sounds really neat. So I'll tell you what I've been up to. I've been, uh, yeah. as I said last time, I was playing around a lot in the Security Compliance Center, and we were actually. In our last episode, we were talking about how to slap a label on that data, right? And uh, yeah. one of the data labels we talked about was Azure Information Protection. And one of the cool things about AIP is it can also encrypt and uh, put custom permissions on documents that stays with a document, right? Uh, the digital rights management. Well, there's a side effect to doing that, which is that, and I, I mentioned it last time, is that if you, if you encrypt a document in AIP, um, search can't look contextually inside that document. Right. Talking about for, last yeah. uh, But the weird part about it is, as I was doing some testing. The weird part about it is, uh, I discovered. So I, I took a document. I put a word. I put a specific, a unique word inside of it. I encrypted it, and it wouldn't show up. And then I went back and I renamed the document to be the same single word that was inside the document. Okay. Uh, and it was it was it was a it was a gobbledygook word. So that you know, um, gobbledygook is, is, is a good is a good word anyway, right? So. <laughs> The word gobbledygook is the only is the only word in the document, and then I renamed the document to gobbledygook. Well, after another crawl happens, I do a search in Delve. I do a search in the search index, and gobbledygook shows up. Right? I mean, the document shows up, which it didn't before when it was called document.docx. And so that made sense because it's finding it from the from the file name. But the weird this is the weird part in Delve and in the search indexes it was showing a document preview that was actually rendering the document with its one word inside of it which meant that the system was decrypting the document because it has to do that to be able to show the thumbnail
2: right no right? Yeah.
0: but i couldn't search using that decrypted document so something something is flaky there to me something about this doesn't seem right and it's going to it's going to require um, some some deeper investigation as to as to why that works that way and and how to get that to work going forward. But anyway, I found that to be interesting, and that's what I've been up to. Um, yeah, that, that's that's awesome. Uh, that, other than repetitively listening to the cloud whispers, and our <laughs> yeah,
2: getting up our our, our listener count.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: No, yeah, the AIP stuff is, is spectacular. I really like it. But, you know, like we talked about last week, there's just limitations to what you can do with that and data loss prevention in Office 365. They're just not quite compatible yet. And I think once Microsoft
0: figures it out, it's going to be really powerful. Yeah, I think so as well. So today we have our very first guest on the podgospers. This has been a, this is a brand new thing for us. Uh, Brian and I have been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, we welcome Glenn McClellan who is an endpoint management and mobility evangelist with us at Catapult Systems. Welcome, Glenn. Hey Welcome, thanks. Glenn. Welcome. So so tell me, Glenn, what is an endpoint management and mobility evangelist?
1: What do you do? Uh, so, so ultimately uh, here at, at Catapult, I'm responsible for the uh direction and uh delivery of all of the uh the Windows 10 uh, System Center suite and the EM plus S suite direction and delivery here at Catapult.
0: Cool. And that and that overlaps a lot with what Brian and I do as well. Uh, obviously, you know, I I come from the productivity side of O365, so SharePoint um, and Teams. Brian is coming from the infrastructure side with uh, with Exchange and Skype, and and then we both kind of talk about EMS, because uh, we call it EMS, not EM plus S, but hey, whatever works, right? Um, right. Uh, around there. <laughs> whatever floats your boat. <laughs> whatever floats your boat, right? So... We're the cloud whispers, and so we're we're really focused in on the whole cloud aspect of all of this. But, you know, Microsoft now with their M365 license, they're deploying Windows 10. And so if they're deploying Windows 10 uh, as part of the M365, which is their cloud license, how is the cloud really changing Windows 10 deployment and usage
1: and licensing? So it's it's changed it a lot actually. We we've, we've gone from having uh things like Windows Defender previously not being best of breed to now in in Windows 10 the the endpoint protection agent that was in System Center has now been moved into Windows 10. And actually for the last uh since last November it's been gaining perfect scores. And so where the cloud contingent of that is is the uh Windows Defender Advanced Threat Analytics is in the cloud and it's leveraging and reading uh, in heuristic data from, from several different sources every day, all day, uh, that's now being provided down to, uh, you, your organization and, and, and your desktop to really attack that post breach, uh, type scenario where, uh, locked doors only keep honest people out, uh, bad guys will yeah. find a way in kind of thing. Uh, now it, it's, uh, the idea is, you know when bad guys get in uh, the advanced threat analytics is is going to take inventory of what they did how they got in and and then provide you with uh remediation steps and and information on how to one uh, avoid it and to mitigate it
0: yeah which really is critical to to stopping that that uh, intrusion because the the average time on an intrusion is about 9 9 months before you even realize it's happened and so this could help us find out a lot faster right
1: Yes. And uh, case in point, if uh, let's say the attacker gets in and they, they look at your DC and see who is authenticated to your DC, and they, they pull that down through the command line, uh, Advanced Threat Protection will show you the command that they ran and the results they retrieved so that potentially, aside from locking up the compromised account, you can go to uh, those results and contact those people and, and set their next log on as a, as a password reset to Ensure that uh, they don't become compromised as well. Oh, that's that's
0: that's awesome. So, so what now? What level of licensing do you have to have for that to work?
1: So, so that is E5 licensing.
0: That's E5 licensing. Okay. So, if you yes. got the if you got the M365 E3, you don't have this advanced threat protection or advanced threat analytics. You would need that uh, with the E5 license of of M365 to make that work.
1: Correct. That is specifically E5. Included
2: in that E5 license, too, is the advanced threat protection on the Exchange Online side of things, too. So by Windows 10 talking to, you know, the back end, now we have the capability of of sharing that information. So it's now data-driven security, right? So we can find out when a... A piece of malware comes in, and how it got in, right? We can see that it came in via spoofing or something like that because we're sharing that data between these workloads now.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's really cool. Um, yep. The the example actually that I was that I was uh, using when I was presenting at the uh, the MTCs uh, over the past year has actually a video where uh, ATP focuses down into the exact email that had the the the, the yep. phishing attempt into it. To me, it still blows my mind. I think it's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's
0: really cool stuff that they're doing. Absolutely. Well, and I know that that I saw a demo at um, SharePoint conference where they they showed once Win10 Defender recognized that you'd been hit with a a ransomware, right, it actually pre-set up your OneDrive for business to roll back to before you got infected. So all you had to do was just click to to disinfect your PC and then click to roll everything back to before you were infected, which is pretty cool, too. So one of the effects of this though, Glenn, is that the, the goal here is Microsoft's dropping Windows twice a year now, right?
1: Correct. They're on a semi-annual channel.
0: Okay. And so ideally you're staying every six months, you're refreshing every PC in your organization. But, but I know a lot of organizations, that that's a stretch for them. Uh, what, what's the time frame for them to, you know, what, what's the longest they can stay on, on Windows 10?
1: Depends, uh, so, so last week the answer was 18 months where they would, they could, they could stay on it and it would be supported and they could jump between like every other version if they needed to, right? In case their, their, uh, their migration from one version to another was, let's say 12 months because they're a slow moving organization versus the six that Microsoft is advocating. Uh, but as, as of yesterday, that was, uh, permanently extended out to 30 months.
2: And is that to accommodate for those folks that are kind of like the old long-term servicing channel? I mean, is that why that's there? Do you think that's why Microsoft's doing that?
1: You know, it's 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 pure speculation, but okay. um, I would say that I would say from from a catapult perspective, we recognized this. Um, we put a solution, as a matter of fact, together around this was that we knew that the the Windows as a service model um, was going to be more that than people could handle. Uh, and, and stay on that bleeding edge, especially for people that liked to stay on, on, on bleeding edge. Right. Um, so, you know, the, the Microsoft is still saying we want you to go with the semi-annual channel, um, release, but we're gonna, we're gonna extend out support for, for 30 months. I think that's a great thing and a horrible thing at the same time. Yeah. So, um, the, the, the great piece about it is, well, obviously it's, it's the support. You won't be in an unsupported manner. However, comma, pause for effect. It's horrible because now the attack surface that they advocated so highly on to say, well, you know, XP had a broad attack surface. Windows 7 had a broad attack surface because you had it for two or three years. They're just now creating that as a, as a self-fulfilling prophecy for that to, to happen again on Windows 10 and announcing 30 months of support rather than advocating that we, that we fix the organizational change management uh, issues within within an organization or, or advocate on ways to fix those become a more agile uh, environment overall customers want to drag their feet right in this scenario
2: right they can drag their feet a little bit on this and not stay up to date and that would be my concern with it
1: no i yeah i completely agree it's you know it's, it's kind of like when my wife gives me chores you know on a on a thursday or friday they don't happen until sunday right the last possible yeah. moment i could do them i'm gonna <laughs> do them
0: well, and, and, and so that means that basically you know, instead of having a year and a half, they now have two and a half years and that they could theoretically stay on the same version, which means uh, an exploit, uh, some, something that's out there it, that doesn't get patched could cause problems. And, and isn't that – honestly, Glenn, isn't that going to also just cause problems with
1: app compatibility uh, going forward? So people talk about that all the time, and that's always the first issue on, on the mind just, just in going to, to Windows 10 in general – and I, I would say that I've seen all statistics are made up on site. 99% uh, compatibility, where I can't even remember the compatibility issues that I've seen because I, I really, honestly, don't think that I have seen any. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Now, I have seen any it's Much less have, of an issue uh, in Windows 10.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Granted, if if uh, if you know if you have a, a legacy 16-bit or you know, God forbid, a, an 8-bit application that's in .NET, you know, one. It's, it's probably time to get off that platform and, and update the application itself. But, uh, you know, the statement when Windows 10 first went RTM was, if it works in 7, it works in 10. And, you know, over the last uh, two years or so, we, you know, almost three years now, we, we've seen that to be the case, you know, happily so. Yeah. Um, so course, I I
0: don't seen, that- I've seen customers out there still running uh, Windows XP in right. isolated systems.
1: Yep, isolated systems. Like like ATM machines.
0: Yeah, ATM machines are like um, um, production control systems for uh, manufacturing lines. Uh, yep. They're not they're not networked, um, so they they're not going to get WannaCry or something like that. But uh, they don't want to go through and update the applications that and the applications are all designed to run on Windows XP.
1: So speaking of the the, the Petra WannaCry stuff, real quick, in, in, in talking about the uh, attack surface, you know, uh, if you were on seven. Well, you had to have that March update to not be uh, vulnerable to the the Petro WannaCry ransomwares. If you were on Windows 10, as a kernel, it was already guarded against it. So you, you didn't even have to worry about patching on 10 to be, you know, not vulnerable to, to Petro and WannaCry. So, you know, again, those those forward leaners, while while there is, I would say, some level of risk in, in forward leaning all of the time, they were safe on the back end because they had they had done that they had they had, you know accepted that small risk of going first out into a, a new version of a, a an OS but they didn't suffer the same back end problems that you know 7 has for for its exposed vulnerabilities
0: yeah yeah that sounds very true to me glenn and and hey you know we we really appreciate you coming on board with us today it has been a pleasure talking to you we'll definitely have you back to talk about some more of these these issues, and especially, you know, you mentioned this whole concept of how do you, how do you get your organization ready to do this every six months to refresh every six months. I think that'd be a great follow-on topic for us. But uh, but sure. thank you for coming, Glenn. Yeah, you know, we we'll, uh, thanks, thanks so for having me. having me. We'll get that uh, that gift certificate sent to you. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get you a gift certificate to the catapult break room. You can get anything you want out of the fridge.
1: All right. Wow! Awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Sounds like a yep. word
2: to me. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks,
0: Clint. Hi. All right. So, so that, that was great. Our first, our first live interview. And so we're at the end of our podcast. It's time for one last thing. And, uh, so I was watching a preseason game for the NFL recently, um, on NBC, one of the Cowboys games. And they were debuting their new green zone where they actually. So cool, built? man. Well, you know, it, it, it harkens back to when Fox got the NHL and put the little puck tracker. So you could follow the puck around and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It's amazing how far technology has come now. It's so good that when I see this green zone and the, the yellow line to gain and the blue, you know, uh, line of scrimmage, you're like, "Come on, why did you not run past the yellow line? It's right there on the field, right?" Yeah,
2: and I like when they put <laughs> the player pictures, and sometimes they'll put just different pictures down there too. It's it's really cool yep. what they can do with it. Yeah.
0: Well, I, 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 I I'm actually at the point where I literally. Think that stuff is on the field now, right? And so yeah. I went to a high school football game. And of course, none of that stuff is there. And you're like, huh? How many are they, that they doing that? It? <laughs> it's 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 pretty neat. I mean, the, the, the technology around that is actually really pretty cool. So. No,
2: it is very cool. It's very yeah. cool. And, and, and I and it, I've been looking. I, you know, it's not to be confused with red zone, but red zone is actually a really cool uh, uh, technology that you can watch uh, on TV. And you see, it's almost like a highlight reel the entire time that you're watching. Anytime a team gets into the red zone. You're, you're seeing all the action.
0: And if there's two different teams in the red zone, it splits
2: it into two screens. Uh, we're getting kind of spoiled in our NFL watching now.
0: Well, it, it just goes to show that even when they have six football games on, there's only one game where anything interesting is actually happening. That's right. Right? There's a lot, there's still an awful lot of dead space. Uh, I remember one time talking about back on the, out on the West Coast in Seattle, I think they were actually editing out everything but the actual action in the plays. And so the whole game, they could replay the whole game in like 32 minutes.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're like, so yeah. this this being opening weekend, now is the time for us to get our NFL Super Bowl picks in. So, you know, uh, do you want to go first or do you want to go second?
2: Uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter to me. I'll, I'll go first. All right, you go ahead so, and go first. I've been a long time Cowboy fan, and you know, I don't want to hear anything out there from, from you listeners. Um, <laughs> I am a Cowboys fan. Uh, I've been one since I was a kid, so I know they're not going to do it, so, and I am that guy, that fantasy football, uh, owner that will pick Cowboys on my team, so go ahead and make fun of me now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I really would like to see the Texans do something this year. I, I Desha- Deshaun Watson is just I mean he's a spectacular athlete, and I watched him last year pick apart the Patriots, and I'm really anxious to see what's going to happen this Sunday. I think that's going to be the the key matchup of the week is going to be the Texans and the Patriots, and if the Texans can beat the Patriots, uh, and the Patriots you know they look okay this year, um, not like they have in years past, but I really have a lot of high hopes for the Texans, and it's not just
0: because I'm from Texas. Uh, it's just because I, I think
2: they have a good team, and especially if Desha- Deshaun Watson is back there.
0: Well, that's good. I I I, I have a love hate relationship with the Texans uh, <laughs> because I was living in Houston when they came into existence, oh,
2: and uh, yeah.
0: having ha- having been a Houston Oilers fan before, and also being a Cowboys fan when you we were living in Houston when they came into existence. We actually had members of the team saying that they did not want our support if we were also Cowboys fans. Oh my so, gosh. Wow. So, I I have I have been very happy to see them struggle for years now. <laughs> um, they have they have not yet expiated their scorning of my support at this point in time. Uh, so yeah, but you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if think if the uh, if if they were to make it. So I'm you know I was joking beforehand uh, that, that I was going to pick the Browns for the Super Bowl, but yeah. Um, I think realistically, I was thinking about it a little bit more. I think I'm actually going to go with the Rams. Uh, okay, that's a good pick. Uh, I, I watched them a couple of years ago on All or Nothing uh, when they fired Jeff Fisher because so I always loved Jeff Fisher, but he was a terrible coach for them, and they just needed a new. They needed a change. And sometimes it doesn't got, work. They have got a really good quarterback. They've got a stellar running back, um, and they have got a defense, and and they added. You know, uh Nandamankinsou is back, is is on that defense now. Yeah. Um and uh Akib uh, Talib is on that defense and they got Aaron Donald back. That is that is definitely going to be uh one heck of a defense. Um and you combine that with the you know what was it the, the highest point scoring offense from last year. If they can if they can if they can maintain that top five offense. And and bring a really stellar defense to this, um, and and a little bit of luck because it always takes luck. They they could do a lot of damage, and I could actually see them, you know, going back to Super Bowl um, and and even winning it. Yeah, so, Todd, Todd Gurley, man, that guy is just unbelievable. Wow, well, you know, I, I love I love me some Georgia running backs. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I grew up, I grew up watching Herschel Walker, and uh, so yeah. I, I always love to see the Georgia. He was backs. a beast. A he beast, was definitely man. a beast. Yeah. All right, so excellent. So so we got our Super Bowl picks, right? You're going with the Texans, I'm going to go with the Rams. Maybe they'll play each other, which would make fun yeah. uh when we get when we get there and we can go over that. So um thank you again for listening to another episode of The Cloud Whispers and our first special guest, which was awesome. We're gonna do more of these things, uh these these guest ones, and subscribe to us on iTunes because we definitely want everybody to to find out about this our podcast and learn about it. So go out to the to iTunes. And and follow us and rate us today and tell all your friends and your families and your relations and your dog and your cat and your uh, parakeet <laughs> and all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, leave leave us a review and I want to give a shout out to my buddy Kaylin for writing us a good review last time.
0: Thank you, yes. Kaylin. I think we saw, I think I saw two good reviews on iTunes. Yeah. Really excited about so. So spread the word. Thank you. Alrighty. Thanks a lot. See you next time.